From the Society of American Archivists Student Chapter at the University of Alabama, this is Archives and Communities, a podcast highlighting community archiving initiatives and the people behind them. Hey everyone, my name is Nick Wansala, and in today's episode, I'll be speaking with Lolita Rowe, who is the community outreach archivist within the Rose Library at Emory University. Before joining Emory University, she spent four years at the University of North Carolina Charlotte in the Special Collection Archives, where she was the reference and outreach coordinator. She also handled the social media for Special Collections and was the chair of a community group that researches African-American history and acquired the papers of Teresa Elder, who was the pioneer of African-American nurses. Coming away from our conversation, I felt very inspired about where the field of archiving is going, and I'm sure you all will as well. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lorita Rowe. My name is Lily Tarot. I'm the Community Outreach Archivist at Emory's, Emory University Stuart A. Rose Manuscript Archives and Rare Book Library, which is a long title. So we'll call it the Rose Library from now on. Um, I have been in my position um, for almost three years now. Um, I started in 2018, uh, July 2nd. Um, and before that, I was at UNC Charlotte, and I worked in special collections and other various areas in the overall library. Um, I am originally from South Carolina, um, but I have family, uh, so I've, I was a frequent visitor up until the age of 10 to Atlanta. And I've spent half of my life in South Carolina and half of my life in North Carolina. So when someone asks me where I'm from, I just say I'm a Carolina girl. Or lady now, because my birthday, I was 39. So yeah, a Carolina lady. Um, <laughs> fun facts about me, besides that I'm a Carolina girl, is um, I am a huge nerd. I love Marvel and DC. I, I don't separate the two. Um, I am a comic book fan. I am a sci-fi fantasy nerd or blurred. And I like to travel. Uh, I was supposed to be in Japan March 2020, and my um, plane trip got canceled in January, and I wondered why And it was meant to be, because I would have been in Japan in March. Wow. So yeah, so yeah, fate. So you know, I'm just an ordinary girl who loves history and sci-fi and all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> when I asked Lolita about her journey within librarianship, I was surprised to hear her initial thoughts on the field and how they changed over time. First thing I always tell people is when someone asked me that if I wanted to be a librarian, I said no. And then they asked me um, if I wanted to be an archivist and I said no. Um, and I have been a librarian and an archivist and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. And I always also tell people that librarians and archivists are recruited from within, right? Like you, most people have maybe been in a library, they haven't been in the archive. Um, and my my role is really great because as the community outreach archivist, I get to engage with people and be intentional um, about how we reach out to various groups and, and, and not just in Atlanta, whether it's like K through 12 or people from zero to 99 plus, I get to reach out to people and say, have you ever been to an archive? Would you like to? I mean, because if you're not in the narrative of the story, then somebody else is writing your history for you. And so as community outreach archivist, I get to not only talk to people about the many things that we have, 
but I get to kind of like also shine a light on how they fit into maybe a history that they didn't think that they were a part of. Um, I always think about um, when people have the image of the Marlboro Man, they don't have the image of people who look like you and I, but the West was um, claimed by a lot of different people. And a lot of people wore cowboy boots and still do to this day. But if you look at certain things and certain features, it's like it's hidden history. And so um, I use my role as community outreach archivist to unveil that. And I think that's what I love about the Rose. When I originally started, um, I wanted to work in the medical field because I thought I wanted to help people. And um, my pathway, like most people I've, I've um, interviewed on, my podcast behind the archives um, has been similar. It's not a straight path. Um, just because you're one thing one day doesn't mean you can't change it the next. I worked in a public library for two years after graduating with a biology degree from Winthrop University. And I worked in the circulation department. And then I went to UNC Charlotte where I worked in serials where I handled um, publications like People's, like checking, checking them in, um, verifying if they hadn't come in, like claiming them, like discovering where they were, went to electronic resources where if you weren't on campus, um, you would be able to access um, this database offline or off campus. And so I worked that for two years. I also did, um, and it was just like me, every time I like learned a different part of libraries, which I hadn't learned before, I realized that um, I just didn't know like this was such a great career opportunity for me. So when I um, decided to go to library school, I knew I wanted to work in maybe digital libraries, but I, I still didn't um, see archives as, a, as an idea for me because I hadn't had anyone to open that door until just before I graduated, um, Meredith Evans, um, who's the director of the Carter Public um, the Carter Museum, the Jimmy Carter um, Presidential Library, sorry, and Museum, uh, she uh, was like, you should be in archives. And I was like, I, I don't know anything about archives. All I knew was that it was cold because where we had, where I worked at at UC Charlotte, they had at one point before she'd gotten there, um, had um, coats for people uh, to wear. And so I was like, ah, it's cold. And then when I actually got to be in an archive and understand how much history was there. I've learned so much more in working in an archive than I've ever learned in a history book. And I continue to learn more every single day. I've learned about different cultures and different subcultures, you know, subcultures and, and I shouldn't say subcultures, but like you think about like, you know, nobody is a monolith. No culture is a monolith. Everyone has their different, you know, nobody can say, well, all people are this way. You get to learn about the individual. And I always tell people that archives have more than just the papers of people who are famous. They have the people who are living every day, which are so important, right? Because, you know, we put people on pedestals, but what archives do is just kind of make everyone human. And they show you how day-to-day -day life was. And so that path led me to where I am right now three years ago. And um, in my current position as community outreach archivist, I work with K through 12 grades to show them primary sources. I work with community groups to see how we can like 
figure out like how do we um, introduce more archives. Um, I have two podcasts. Um, I've also done programming. It's a job that I didn't know existed that didn't exist until a few years before I got here. And um, I'm the first person in it. But the position was first held by graduate students, and they really felt the need that this job should be a permanent um, library faculty position. And I'm so thankful that it was created. So I, I told another friend recently that um, maybe the job you want just hasn't been created yet. Lolita's passion for helping others seems to be a dominant core value she holds personally. However, I was curious to understand why becoming a community archivist brings her so much fulfillment professionally? Well, I think it's because it's the idea that community is sometimes as big or as small as you make it. And I've been, like, I grew up, where I grew up in South Carolina was rural. I grew up on eight acres of land that um, belonged to my family and still belongs to my family. And, like, I could just go over to my grandmother's house or I could go few miles down the road and have, um, you know, a sleepover at my great grandmother's house. And it was that sense of connection and family um, that we have family that has no blood relation to us. And I've always liked that feeling of being connected to other people. So when I travel, I, I like listening to other people's stories and talking and, and learning about people because, um, it, it, you know, when you read somebody's letters or see the happiness or the sadness in someone's eyes in a photo or, you know, hold a piece of, of a puzzle from somebody's life, no matter what that artifact is, you get to know them better. And there are people who feel like sometimes that they don't connect with other people. And I always feel like archives could be a, a tool to use that. Um, there was a um, a young uh, girl, probably who was, she was a teenager, and she was reading letters um, from like the KKK, and she had never really been taught about it. Like you know, it's just this idea, but to kind of see that and and to understand how how hate could work was very interesting, and it drew her to the connection of maybe what people who were who were receiving those letters could felt. Also, same experience with um, these young kids. We had something at UNC Charlotte where uh, kids were like from middle school on up in age, and they got to hold the letters of um, of this um, LGBTQ advocate. And a lot of the kids either identified or were just like there as allies. And they that kind of recognition of what I'm experiencing isn't alone like I'm not alone in the world and so to, to have that experience where um, there's a connection either through racial history or sexuality or gender or just um, making it not otherness to be connected to someone um, and seeing that um, really set me on this path to like being in a community and and making sure that that community's voice is heard like one of the things I had said when I started this job was um, my role is not to say I am here, what do you need? But more to ask, hi, I'm here, how can I help? Like, you know, like let the community tell me what it needs. And, and if it doesn't know what to ask, then that means I need to do a better job of 
showing what we have and, and, and creating a dialogue about that. Innovation within librarianship is sometimes hard to find. However, as a creative, Lolita was not only able to create one, but two podcasts that speak to the community and for the community. When I first got here, one of the things I was asked is like what I wanted to do first, and I said a podcast. I had been thinking about a, a podcast for a few years before I got here. I thought podcasts were a good way to um, connect people. Like it would, it could be something mobile, and um, people could adjust it ingest it sorry like you know as they're on the go and I had um I'd heard a podcast but I I was just like oh you know I think I could I could do something so when I got here and and they asked me and I said I want to do a podcast they said okay <laughs> and I said all right <laughs> so let's figure out how does that look so I had the idea but not the tech but I knew that it was a great idea when um before I even left for, there was a podcast convention in Nashville, Tennessee, and I got to meet with like a few um, people who were actually making a living out of it. Um, and I thought they would be the, the better people to show me how to make a, a podcast successful, because if, if they're, if this is their bread and butter, then they're going to show me how I can also um, engage with it and, and be intentional and that was the whole thing it's like being intentional with your audience is the best way you know being consistent um being authentic you know having good content and people will come and so when I when I started I had one idea and then it grew into um two podcasts uh the first one and I am, uh, I know it doesn't seem like this, but I'm an introvert or an ambivert, depending, you know, um, but I was nervous about speaking in a microphone. So the first podcast that we actually were able to record and it, it just worked out better was um, Nikki Giovanni for um, Rose Library Presents Community Conversations. And so Community Conversations, um, we, I had wanted to name it Community Conversations because I wanted to think like invoke that kind of idea of sitting on a front porch and having a conversation with someone. I think people learn more when it's a casual conversation as opposed to you like preaching or teaching at someone. And so um, I was nervous about going with the first one, which was behind the archive. And so I'd asked um, our instruction archivist, Gabrielle Dudley, if she wouldn't, if she wouldn't mind, you know, if she wasn't busy, like if she could like, you know, interview uh, Nikki Giovanni, who came for an event. She's like, uh, yeah. And, and she had like Gabrielle has this amazing um, exhibition that she could curate it that um, I was able to with her help like turn it into a traveling exhibit called um you know that was about like female writers and how again like black female writers are not a monolith um this exhibit um was like she gathers me where it's like she they're talking about how women writers like like Nikki Giovanni and Audre Lorde and other people uh, could either be connected to each other and 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 but they were they may not have always agreed but they supported each other like you know and so it was like that idea so I was like you know this is perfect you know and so she um well she interviewed Nikki Giovanni I produced it um I helped to record it and so I'm sitting there in the sound booth uh, sound booth like literally like a table and um, Nikki Giovanni's there her partner is there and Gabrielle is there and I'm like in the booth like recording and making sure everything's okay 
and trying not to snap my fingers at the amazing things that Miss Giovanni said. And I was like, oh my gosh, she likes, she likes, you know, um, the rats, not the rats and them, sorry, the country accent comes out sometimes, but um, Mrs. Frisbee. And I was like, I love that book as a kid and um, recorded that in February, 2020. A week later, recorded behind the archives. That went really well. And I was like, you know what? I need to, my voice is going to have to be on this one. So, you know, had made the decision that Community Conversations was going to be by different people um, and I would just host it. But but behind the archives would be me talking with um, archivists about how they got to their different positions. And um, we did both of those interviews, uh, like I said, in February, 2020. And then a global pandemic happened. And that helped us to... Um, rethink how we did things. Um, it, it gave us opportunity to connect with a, an editor who was um, very like helpful in like certain like pauses or things that we have. Um, as you can, you can see, this is my closet. So um, since episode two, I have been filming um, or doing the um, podcast in my home office, which I took into my guest closet. Uh, so it's been really great. Uh, it's nice to have. Um, I did record one at my mom's house, um, but it's been a ride because that pandemic also allowed our colleague uh, Randy Gu to um, do another uh, podcast. And we became a, a series where his was called, so they're all under the Rose Library Presents umbrella and community conversations um, is, and uh, sorry, behind the archive are the two that I produce and host. And then Atlanta Intersections is the one that Randy uh, does. And his show is about um, everything involving Atlanta. So he's had some really great, you know, shows. And it was just like, we, you know, I had a plan and an idea. And then um, when the pandemic came, the plan got a little, got changed a little bit more and grew a little bit more. Um, we tried to have a content calendar and then we had to learn that, you know, guest schedules change. And so, you know, we had to go through and change that experience. And sometimes your, your schedule changes or, you know, we, um, I had originally, when I had done this, um, I was going to ask um, my colleague, um, Helen McDaniels to um, be on the podcast. And unfortunately, he passed away suddenly in April. And it was um, an honor in February to have um, his former uh, boss and mentor, um, Randall, and his wife um, uh, to be on there. And it was like, you know, to hear Navab talk about her husband, Pelham, and to hear Randall, his boss, um, talk about him, but also like, learning more about this person I had known for two years and it was inspiring too because here's this person who came from you know a football background you know people saw him and they're like oh like you know he's a, he's a, this guy but when you sit down and talk with him like we would have conversations about different things and different projects and um and now you know it was it was just an honor to be able to sit with um with people that knew him so well and to learn more and to have hopefully that inspiration going out into the airwaves so that other people can be inspired by him. So it was um, this, it was, it's been a wild ride and we're almost over our first season. Um, and um, I will be the last person interviewed for behind the archives. And then we will shift from being um, interview based to being more narrative. Um, 
the second season will focus more on um, how do we get materials? What happens next? How do we use them? And so that's going to be exciting. And community conversations will continue to be a conversation. Um, there are some guests that I would I would love to have. Um, I won't say names, but I'll just send that out that maybe possibly we'll have some, you know, but I'm always um, a little biased because I'm always happy with all the guests that we have. Everyone is, has been such a delight to work with and just so like supportive of us and being on the podcast. For someone who's already discovered their passion within librarianship, I asked Lolita if she had any advice to give to upcoming librarians and archivists who are still on that journey. First and foremost, um, be flexible. I mean, you know, paths change and diverge. And like I said, um, my position wasn't written until I started. Like it wasn't officially there. So maybe the job you want hasn't been created yet. Or maybe maybe it's like you need to figure out what do you enjoy most? Like I always knew when I worked at the public library, I enjoyed the interaction with people and I get to do that now. So what what draws you to this profession? Like what makes you happy when you think about doing things that won't get you burned out, right? Like, can you see yourself doing a certain task over and over again and not feeling overwhelmed by it, feeling like happy about it? Like, you know, I think you should also be able to um, try to, I don't know what's the best word to say, but, but basically like it's okay to do one thing, but see if you can do more than one thing as well, you know, and, and don't be afraid to collaborate with people who work in different fields, right? Like, um, I just said a quote, um, on this blog I just did, and it was basically like when I started the podcast, same thing with this, like I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, but I wanted to know how it turned. So ask questions from people. It's okay. Um, see if, like, reach out to people, right? Talk to them. Now, when I talk to people in K through 12, I tell them about this profession because a lot of them didn't know that this profession existed. When I was a kid, I wish I had known that I could do that. So just be flexible, um, figure out what you love. And, you know, um, if you, wherever you're at, get as many opportunities as you can, right? Because the path doesn't have to be straight. If you're curious to follow and listen to some of the podcasts that Lolita has produced, here's where you can find them. All three are on the Rose Library, which is rose.library <laughs> rose at emory.edu. And if that is wrong, I will send it in <laughs> another thing, but it's on the, the Stuart A. Rose um, homepage. Um, it can also, and it's also wherever you listen to podcasts, um, we are on Google, Apple, um, we have our platform on Transistor and we use an RSS feed to ship, you know, go to, we always tell people at the end of it, wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find us. But if you do Rose Library Presents, you'll find, you'll find them. I want to give a big thank you to Lolita Rowe for her time. And I want to thank you all for tuning into our discussion. Catch us on the next episode of Archives and Communities. This was an episode of Archives and Communities, the official podcast of the Society of American Archivists Student Chapter at the University of Alabama. Opinions expressed in this podcast are not reflective of a particular institution. Thank you for listening and join us again next time.